Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Emily Myers. Emily is the author of two romantic thrillers, The Truth About Unspeakable Things and Bound by the Unspeakable, the second of which will launch this summer, 2022. Emily is a storyteller at heart and is excited to branch into other niches of romance and mystery and thriller genres after the launch of her second book. In addition to writing, Emily loves dreaming up fun marketing campaigns for her books and encouraging other aspiring authors to follow their dream and publish their first book. Let's dive into the pond and meet Emily. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Emily A. Myers. Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you on the show. And I would love for you to start with, how'd you get into writing? I have actually always wanted to be a writer. When I was in the seventh or eighth grade, that's when Twilight came out. And it was this huge thing, like everyone was reading it and reading that book. I don't write that type of book, but it was actually Stephanie Meyer's story of how this idea came to her in a dream. And then she ended up being this huge, famous author. And I was like, well, if it could happen to her, why couldn't it happen for me? And so that's when I just really, I guess, decided that I wanted to be an author. and. I actually wrote my first novel um, the summer before my senior year. At least I thought it was a novel. It was really just a first draft. And but I wanted to prove to myself um, before I went to college, like, could I really do this? And um, and that kind of, I guess, shifted what I actually majored in in college. I majored in English Um, And so I went on, I got my degrees, I taught um, high school English for a couple of years. And then my dad actually passed away um, from lung cancer. And he was pretty young when he passed away. I was young when I lost him. And so it really just showed me like, don't wait until you're 40 to start living your dream, you know, just go ahead and do it now. So I actually left teaching and I started working on this full time in 2019, actually. Um, And I am now in 2022 gearing up to launch my second book. Oh my gosh. I love that so, so much because what I love about what you just said is that you, first off, despite the fact that you did lose your dad at such a young age, which I do I feel for you because that, that, that had to have been difficult. Yes. And what I hear though is resilience. I hear hope and I hear so much love. And what I, what I think is wonderful about that is that you also channeled that to say, how can I let this make me better and not bitter, better and channel that energy into creating even more things stemming from love and how, how cool is that? That is so fabulous that you did that. Thank you. I would definitely say um, better, not bitter is my motto. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so, so much. So 
to your point, you have a second book coming out, but would you talk a little bit about what it was like to work on the first book? Absolutely. Um, so I actually wrote the first book, The Truth About Unspeakable Things, during the summer of 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, and this actually comes about a year and a half after I actually left teaching, because before that, I um, played around with some other ideas. I went back to that novel that I first wrote when I was in high school. It was something I went back to several times over the years, um, but I just never really was able to dedicate all of the time and energy that it needed. Um and so over that year and a half that I did kind of work with it, I just never really felt confident in it. I never felt like it was where it needed to be. Something about it just never felt right. And I worked on it for so long that I got burned out. And so I had to take some time off. And I actually had to take that time to grieve the loss of my dad because I went into writing very quickly after leaving teaching. I really didn't give myself time to process that emotional trauma because I almost felt like I had to prove something to everyone like that, you know, I didn't just leave my job to mourn, you know, um, which by the way, nothing wrong with that, but, um, you know, so I, but I had that insecurity and so I ended up taking some time off. And when I finally came back to writing, I decided to start completely new. And so when I started writing The Truth About Unspeakable Things, I had spent a couple of weeks, maybe a month, trying to figure out like, okay, what is this book going to be? And so I had tons of scene cards created in Scrivener. I had all these ideas. And then within writing like the first three paragraphs of the actual story, 90% of that went out the window. <laughs> um, and I really just, yeah, I really just let the story be what it was meant to be. And so you'll actually find with the first book that it actually kind of starts off as this contemporary romance slash women's fiction but then at about the halfway point, it kind of shifts and it takes a more suspenseful turn and um, which kind of overall, I have been marketing my duet as romantic thriller, combining the romance and the thriller and suspense together. And it took me a while to actually, you know, um, figure that out to make that decision as far as marketing goes. Um, but yeah, I, I just let the story become what it was meant to. And now after all this time, having written the second book and having plans for more books after this, um, it's just amazing how going with the flow can lead you places you never really expected to go. I, okay. You've said a few things here that I can't wait to unpack a little <laughs> bit more here because I love that. I love that it's about, to your point, going with the flow, that you came in with this idea, but yet the writing was there, but then something wasn't completely going. So it shifted. What was that like, though? Did you feel resistance going into like shifting at first? Because it was like, hey, I've been working on this. I've been mapping some of this out. And it's almost like the characters are going, <clears throat> 
Emily, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> or, 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 or was it something more like you said, I know what I thought, but what if I tried something else and just let your curiosity follow versus feeling a resistance? I'm just, would you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, well, first off, even though, again, I don't write the types of books that Stephen King writes, <laughs> I follow his writing advice religiously. And one of his number one pieces of advice is to not let plot get in the way of a good story and to just truly, you know, see where those characters go. And that is like 100% my writing philosophy. And so I went into writing the truth about unspeakable things with an idea. And then when I started writing it, you know, she says like, I'm going to leave my fiance. And the book was supposed to be about originally a woman realizing that her relationship wasn't actually healthy um, or a good relationship for her. And she was going to realize that by falling in love with someone else who showed her that a healthy relationship is possible. But then within writing, I think my writing naturally goes towards suspense um, based on the things that I wrote back when I was in high school and everything. So I just went with it and I was like, okay, this, her breaking up with him in the beginning changes a lot of what I had planned, but I'm going to go with it because I just really loved how it sounded on the page. And, and that's something too, like, you know, throughout writing, even if I'm in chapter 20 or chapter 30, if, if something just naturally comes out and I really love it on the page and it doesn't contradict anything that came before, I go with it. And, and that's actually how the best things end up in my books, because there would not be a second book had I not gone with the flow and, and this uh, secondary plot kind of develops in the second half of the first book. Love that so, so much. And so you touched on something else here too, that I would love for you to talk a little bit more about because I love good thrillers. That's just one of my favorite genres. And so what was it like to, to your point, switch, almost like switching, ga- switching gears, switching lanes in the middle, but to yeah. a different genre, but still, I love that you married them together and found a blend so that your voice stands out there. But what, what was it like making that transition? Did you feel you needed to plot a little bit more because of the nature of it? Or did you still kind of like talk about that? Yeah. Um, well, it felt very natural. It felt like this is where this story is going. Um, I didn't make the shift to suspense slash thriller because I wanted the book to be a thriller. In fact, it, it was months after I finished writing the book that I actually nailed down the genre that it would end up being positioned as. Um, it just felt like a very natural progression to the story. And as far as like, once I did make that shift and I started bringing in more suspense and thriller elements, it did take a little bit more, I think, planning because what ends up happening is an investigation of sorts. And so I had to kind of think through certain things um, as far as um, the order of the chapters, you know, how should that happen? And then um, 
I, I also had to think about how much of this investigation do I actually show on the page? Because at that point, the majority of the book was more contemporary. And, you know, I didn't want to just immediately, I didn't want the book to lose the focus. Um, and, and this is, you know, the protagonist is a woman who actually is recovering from a sexual assault because when she broke up with her fiance, he assaulted her. And so her investigation is actually into him. And so I didn't want it to lose the seriousness of what was done to her and that emotional journey. So I actually only have a couple of chapters that show her actually investigating. A lot of it actually happens off page and it is her kind of, you know, relaying information, reflecting on information, having conversations with other characters about what she's discovered. Um, And I feel that that was the right thing to do for the first book, though the second book is a little bit different. then by all means, continue to share. (laughs) So with um, the first book is truly about her emotional journey. And it has that suspense element towards the end, we see the introduction of, um, without giving anything away, we see the introduction of almost another villain, um, aside from the fiance that she was investigating. It's all connected. And so we kind of end the book, in the first book, with more of that suspense and investigation. And so we continue that thread heavily in the second book. And so, you know, ultimately, Emma is this normal girl, and she just wants to live a normal life and be in love with this guy that makes her so happy. But, you know, she can't ignore the threats that are, you know, happening and and the danger that's lurking around her. And so the second book is more of a thriller than the first book. But again, it's a natural progression of Emma's story. I love that so much. So let's talk a little bit more about Emma and the character development, because to develop characters that are complex, to develop them such that they are multi-dimensional and can go through these, you know, opportunities for growth, as I like to call them with air quotes around that, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, what, what is that like for you? Do you do, what do you do to help to get to know your character and to develop such detailed, such, you know, well-developed characters so that they can go through this? Um, It's my favorite part of writing, character development is. And for me, my stories always start with a character rather than a conflict. Um, And I think that also comes back to Stephen King, you know, putting the focus on the characters and also, you know, asking a ton of what if questions. So, you know, I just basically ask what if this happened, you know, as many times as I need to develop a character that I feel is a real person, you know, someone who has a background that may or may not be important to the actual story that's being told, but it's important for me to understand where that character is coming from. What are the things they've gone through prior to this particular moment that's being written about? Because all of those things are going to affect how they think. Um, It's going to affect where they live, who their friends are. 
And even, even more so as far as creating a believable world to surround the character with, um, my books are based in New Orleans. The first two are. And so, you know, I would literally look at like Google Maps and, you know, I picked a neighborhood for my character to live in based on her age and her job and the amount of money that she had. And from there, I looked at the map and I saw, okay, what are things close by that she could walk to? And, And that's where a lot of the setting ideas came from. And, and from there, I think, okay, well, what kind of scenes could happen at these settings? And that's when my mind just starts going crazy. And I think of all these incredible things, suspenseful things that could happen at these settings. So it's a process, but it's really just like getting to know someone. I love that. I love that so much. So in the vein, as you said, of Stephen King, one of his other rules, so to speak, is actually one of my favorites, which is to kill your darlings. And the darlings can be anything. It could be a scene. It could be a character. It could be, you know, too many words in a certain situation. It could be removing a chapter. It could be anything. But the whole point is to have a stronger story, have a have a more compelling story. So did you have to kill any darlings? Um, with the first book, I think there's two parts to kill your darlings. One, I think the first part is to not fight where the story is naturally going, because if you let your story go where it naturally wants to go, you end up killing darlings before you've even even written them, you know, which is what happened with the first book. Um, With the second book, though, I ended up rewriting the entire like 30,000 word beginning. I I had spent months, you know, trying to write. I don't think I was in the right headspace to be doing that at that time. When I finally, you know, something flipped in me and I was finally ready to really write, I ended up, you know, realizing that what I was doing wasn't the right order of what needed to be happening. And it put more emphasis on things that weren't important to the overall picture that I was trying to paint. So I ended up rewriting the first 30,000 words of the second book, you know, and, and I mean, that is like killing your darlings to the extreme. Yes, it is. So, yeah, I, I think if you're looking for a tip to have less darlings to kill, then I would say always remember what you're trying to accomplish with the story. What is the primary storyline, the primary conflict and the primary characters that need to be developed and the primary questions that need to be answered? Because if it doesn't relate to the primary things, it really shouldn't take up any or a lot of page time within the first 10 chapters that should really lay the foundation for what is the most important. I love that so, so much. So when you were going through and having to rewrite, Mm -hmm. what was that like? Did that feel almost better in the sense, was it clearer? Did you just, did you look at what you had and then say, (laughs) how do I rework this? Or did you say, I'm going to pretend that I didn't write the first 30 and I'm just going to try again. And then compare and go from there what how did you do that there was this moment of I can't believe that I'm having to do this (laughs) um (laughs) where it was like I really didn't want to do it but 
once I started doing it, it was actually easy. I, I rewrote the first 30,000 words within probably three weeks. And, you know, it was, I was keeping all the same characters. I was keeping all of the same settings. Um, but what it was, it was just certain scenes were putting more focus on something that was truly a subplot that I ended up just completely, um, it's something that in the current finished book isn't introduced now until the last 10 to five chapters, instead of being the primary focus of the first 10. And so I, I ended up having to do more rewriting than I really expected to, but it actually went easier than I thought. I love that so much. So what is the name of book two? Bound by the Unspeakable. Love that. So would you talk a little bit about how you came up with your titles? Yes. Um, the truth about unspeakable things, I can't really remember how I came up with it, but I can remember once I did come up with it, I kind of had this um, thought of, well, I may change it. I'm just going to say this is a working title. Um, I had a little bit of a concern that it was too long. How would it look on the book cover? Things like that. Um, but then as the writing, I mean, to be honest, I really don't settle on the title until the book is done. So um, the title for this book probably came to me maybe halfway through the book, maybe two thirds through the book. And I was like, well, I'm not going to settle on it until the book is done. And I'm sure that this is the best option. And it ended up being. And Bound by the Unspeakable, I wanted something that had the word unspeakable in it, um, since it's a sequel. And um, again, I wanted something that had multiple words, not just two words, because that way it would better complement the first book. And, and I did go through a few different options before I landed on Bound by the Unspeakable, but truly when I landed on that title, I knew it was perfect because it spoke to the entire metaphor of the entire book, but also really the duet itself. It speaks to what's happening to these characters. They're being bound together by this, these horrific things that they're going through. I love that so, so much. So when is book two coming out? April 19th. Oh, how very cool. Very, very cool. So question for you as we're talking about the books and releases and such, because a big part of being an author is the marketing, is showing up and not just having written and published, but it's talking about your books. It's, so, it's sharing these books that you're so excited to share with others. So would you talk a bit about how you've gone about creating a social presence, uh, having an, an author brand, because being an author is a business. Absolutely. Um, for me, it's all about continuing to put out content, you know, um, continuing to, you know, get your book cover design as quickly as you can, create those graphics, um, share the excerpts. I actually um, posted a lot during writing the second book 
to let people in on my writing process, which people really loved. But it's also about balancing it with sharing your personality. Um, and so I do a lot of lives on my Instagram. I actually do get some professional photos taken um, by a local photographer who I love. And so that way I'm able to put out content that is visually appealing and it's exciting and it continues to just provide fresh content, you know? And I, I think part of that too is also having something to talk about. So continuing to write more, um, my goal is to write, you know, multiple books a year instead of just one so that I can continue to have things to talk about and promote, um, you know, doing interviews like this and, and speaking at conferences and also sharing what's happening in your personal life. Like if you go on vacation and you think, oh, this could be a cool setting for a future book, you know, sharing those pictures, sharing what's going on in your life. I think overall, um, you know, as as an indie author, I connect with my readers primarily through social media. And it's really um, amazing to be able to connect with people who you wouldn't otherwise meet um, that way. And it's important for them to get to know you because there's so many authors out there and there's also so many other things than just books on social media. So allowing people to really get to know you, they start to feel invested in you and, and they're more likely to support you, even if you don't write something that's 100% the genre that they would normally read. If they like you, they're going to support you. I love that. I love that you've talked about the, the balancing and the connection, because I mean, even, even when you've just if you think about it and you said like, you know, what's one of your favorite books and they, and somebody else goes, oh, I've read that one too. It almost feels like oh, we just become friends <laughs> now because of that. So what you've described is just a, another way that that can happen. And I love that you've shared that. One thing I would love for you to touch on is the balancing act between running a business, the actual writing of the craft, the, the book itself and the social and these other parts uh, because there are all different phases within the business. One, there's yes. a lot of admin things to be doing within a business. There's the craft, but the social and the marketing piece is a huge piece. So how do you balance your time to make sure every aspect of your business is, is getting some of your attention and that you balance it for yourself as a person too? Absolutely. It is such a balancing act and, and I'm probably still figuring it out, but what I'm doing now um, Whenever I finished writing, well, whenever The Truth About Unspeakable Things came out, I took a few months off from social media thinking that I wouldn't be able to post while I was writing. But what ended up happening was the second book was taking twice, three times as long to write as the first book. Um, just because of things going on in my personal life that were keeping me from being able to write as quickly. So I knew I couldn't stay away from social media that long. And so I started, you know, getting back out there. I would post stories um, of like, you know, my daily writing numbers, like I got this many words done or whenever I would do 
Um, like whenever I'm writing, I'm also kind of researching, you know, I'm, I'm finding setting inspiration pictures on Pinterest and even like character outfit inspiration pictures on Pinterest. So when I find that for myself, I would post it in a story and I would also use an app, uh, Tailwind to schedule a lot of my main posts in advance. And what I found was it's actually not that difficult to balance the posting part, the social media presence and the writing at the same time, because you're sharing about what you're already doing. And it actually motivated me. It made me excited. It got people excited for the second book to where now I'm actually I am doing an art campaign for my second book, but I'm not doing it as long because people have been waiting for the book now for so many months and that that excitement has built. You know, I had people download the art literally the day that it was released because they've been waiting for it for so long. And so I think that's another benefit to continuing to post and be present on social media while you're writing Um, because it just, again, it allows you to connect with more people and it allows people to get to know you better and get excited about you and your books. I think balancing the writing and the publishing part is harder because the publishing process has so many different steps. They're not as time consuming as writing the actual book, um, And I can't say that I have it all figured out, but right now what I do is I publish in the spring, I write in the summer and summer into fall, depending on how long it actually takes me to finish the book. I do a lot of the quote production for the book, either in the fall or in um, the spring, early months of the year. But I'm thinking about changing that as I move forward. Um, I'm thinking what I have planned for my next set of books, it's going to be a five book series. Um, So a a prequel and two duets that are all going to be around the same group of characters, um, even though the series itself will have three different entry points, which is, I think, also very important. Um, But because all of these books are going to be kind of around the same group of characters, I'm going to write them back to back to back. And then I'm going to publish them back to back to back. So I guess in that that sense, I'm I'm kind of not working on the publishing stuff until I'm done with the writing stuff. And and we'll see what happens. I don't know if that's the best way. I know uh, other authors do it differently, um, but I think it depends on how long it actually takes you to write a book as well. Absolutely. But I'm so excited to hear more books. And I love that you're, I appreciate your willingness to share what you're thinking of now, because the biggest thing that I'm hearing is still an extension of what we talked about earlier with going with the flow, uh, trying something out, experimenting with it, seeing what happens and, and using it as, Hey, this is a good experience because I've learned something from it. And can I do it again? Is this, do what, does this feel good? Or do I need to rewrite it, rework it? And, and in all of those cases, it's just growing in your business and continuing to hone skills as a writer. And that is awesome. I love, oh, I love all of this. Emily, thank you so much for so much wisdom in this conversation. Where can people connect with you and where can they get your books? 
You can find me on Instagram at Emily Myers author and Myers is M Y E R S. Um, and that's, that's where I'm primarily on social media. I'm also, my books are on Amazon. Um, again, the truth about unspeakable things is out now, um, ebook and paperback and bound by the unspeakable will be coming out on April 19th. I do have an arc available for bound by the unspeakable now, which you can access through the link in my bio on Instagram. It's on book funnel and book sprout available to download. And the truth about unspeakable things is free to read with Kindle unlimited. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Emily. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.